Welcome to the Human Habit Podcast, where we bring you insights into everyday human behavior and help you to change your habits, change your life and transform yourself. I'm your host and brother, Ibrahim Salaman, the Human Habit Guy, a street scientist in the school of everyday life. Inshallah, in each episode, our goal is to bring you ideas related to all things, the psychology of human habits and how they make us or break us, and more importantly, how to break the bad habits that hold you back and make good ones for successful changes so that you can become healthier happier smarter wiser stronger and the best or greatest version of yourself inshallah one habit at a time starting with you and me today thank you for listening enjoy the podcast أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله رب العالمين all praise and all thanks due to Allah hi everyone I hope you are good and well in good health and iman and faith inshallah and in today's episode and it's another interview and today I got my dear brother Abdullah Muhammad Jannah and who's kindly offered to share with us his knowledge, his experience, and his wisdom from his life experience, inshallah, and who's kindly given us his time. And today I'm going to pick his brain for his life experience and his journey from Christianity to Islam, and also all things related to human behavior, human nature, and human psychology, inshallah, and his advice and tips and strategy on how we can also make positive changes in our lives, inshallah. So without further ado, I'm going to welcome my brother, Abdullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam. Welcome to the Human Habit Podcast. I'm so happy and grateful for your time and kindly and coming to share with us your experience. So welcome, welcome, brother. Alhamdulillah. Inshallah. So inshallah, when, whenever me and you usually have a chat, and it's usually a long conversation, <laughs> and do you ever remember the first time we met? I can still remember it clearly. In the mosque. Yeah, in the mosque. And do you remember what what connected us? Books. <laughs> You're right, because when I remember I was looking through the bookshelf in Mr. Rahman, and then when you saw me reading the book, and then we had a, a conversation, and then that was our triggering moment. And then we became friends from that moment. And I still remember straight away once you told me some of the books you were reading or some of the books you mentioned. I still remember in the power of knowledge. I took that straight away. And also the biology of belief. I, I remember I took both of those books and I kept it for, for several weeks. And she said, khairan so much. And yeah, that was our connecting, triggering moment. <laughs> so inshallah. And since then, obviously, we've had a lot of conversation so today i just want to pick your journey and obviously you shared it with me for for any of the other brothers and sisters who might be listening to this and might benefit from it and inshallah so i'm just going to be asking you questions related to your life experience and your journey i usually ask people what's the biggest behavior change you've ever made but there's no bigger behavior change than changing your faith because that's going to be it affects your this life and your eternal so i'm going to ask you and can you take us back to the beginning of that journey of how you, when you were becoming curious um, before you got into Islam, what was your thought process and what triggered for you to change faith from Christianity to Islam? First and foremost, I have to give thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
the guidance, the idaya, who has removed the darkness from my heart so I could appreciate the light of Islam. Inshallah. But my journey to Islam begins from my childhood in Jamaica. Jamaica as an environment is the best. I was brought up in a very disciplined, structured, Christian, Sabbath-keeping, Seventh-day Adventist home, where as a child, I never, we never eat um, certain foods like pig meat, fish without scales, like cockles and lobsters and um, shrimps and fish. Certain fish we were not allowed to eat. We were not allowed to drink Pepsi, Coca-Cola, <laughs> coffee and tea. Yeah. So as a child, you know, I was in a very disciplined, structured home. And we had to go to church every Saturday. And the Sabbath would begin on the Friday evening until the sunset until Saturday. We also had to go to church on Sundays and Wednesday for prayer meetings. So basically, from my early childhood, religion was for, foremost into my um, way of life. It, it, it was in my deep in my subconsciousness about you know certain concept of life that there's sacredness, there's secular, and time for everything. So when you and so during that time, what, about what age did you start to like become curious about? What triggered you to think like, because obviously your upbringing and mashallah, that laid the foundation for you to be disciplined and you was a man of faith from a young age. But saying, then when did you notice in, that there was saying, what triggered you to want to change or you become curious? What, what was the triggering thing? Since it, it's important that when you come from an environment where you're comfortable, you're not easily impressed. And as a Jamaican, you know, there's nothing out there to impress me sure. from what I had. Coming to England um, for the first time, I hear about Islam and Judaism and Hinduism and Buddhism and different denominations that I have no knowledge of in Jamaica. So naturally, you, you, because you're a religious person, you want to know what, they, what they're saying, you know. So I take time out and... Um, do some research, and um, it wasn't that I went looking for Islam. I just wanted to know what they were saying. Okay, so you were just curious, because you was a man of faith. Once, so once you was exposed to these other religions, which back home you were not exposed to, yeah. you just become curious. I wonder what they... So it was more of a like wandering, like curious, just to say what, they, what these other religions were saying, because everybody believes their religion is the right one. Even Allah says everybody... Yeah. Rejoices in what they believe. Even the secular person, he's rejoicing in what he believes. <laughs> you know, everyone rejoices in what they believe. Yeah. But then, like you said, so in this case, it looks like you were just curious to see uh, what these other religions were saying. Yeah. That so it's a curiosity more than you looking yeah. for. Yeah, I, I don't think there was nothing out there better than what I had. Yeah, that's that's I, yeah. As, as as a young man growing up. Yeah. How old were you, if you don't mind me asking, when you were just... Teenager. Yeah, she was a teenager, teenager, yeah. You were just curious teenager. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember the first time I went to my yeah. friend's home. Yeah. And I went to the toilet and there was bottles in the toilet. I asked my friend, why are so many bottles around the toilet? Yeah. He said, oh, there's some Muslim 
living upstairs, yeah. uh, sharing the, the, the accommodation of the house. Okay, yeah. So I said, why, why, what do they do with the bottles? Yeah. And he said, they wash after they go to the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> I said, wash? Yeah. And we were laughing because we never know of this concept yeah. that people wash so. after they go into the toilet. So that was the first time I, the, the Islamic and Muslim thing came to, to my mind. Yeah, it's a triggering moment. Yeah, yeah. And, but after time, you put that out of your memory. It's just one of those things that you move on. Yeah. But later in life, um, when I matured, and I, I remember going to a, a book sale, a Seventh-day Adventist book sale in Stanborough, outside London, and I saw a book called Seer of Patmos. I, I fell in love with books. What I was it called? Books. What was it called, that book? The Seer of Patmos. Okay, yeah. And I bought the book hmm. and I read, there was a chapter in the book called um, The Beginning of Woe. The Beginning of? Woe. In Arabic, yeah. it's like, it's, it's where Allah said, Woe to you. Woe, yeah. Woe. Yeah. You know the Arabic for woe? Like woe as in, uh, yeah, I know it's like to get your attention, isn't it? Or is it oh woe as in, and in the doom. Saudi, like doom, yeah, woe to that, yeah, woe to like woe to those people as in that you're gonna be doomed or yes. regretful, like yes. yeah, yeah. So I I I, I, I still have the book, yeah, and it was a book about Islam, yeah. So it's called woe, yeah, so woe, okay. and it was really horrific, yeah, um, description of Islam, yeah, and. Um, it's it's um, it, it it takes various um, texts from the Bible mm. and create a, a very horrific picture of Islam mm. that Islam is the Antichrist. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's the devil's religion. You know, you had these mad Arabs going around with sword and horses, telling people to say Ashhadu la ilaha Ashhadu or we cut your heads off. Yeah. And um, I, I straight away closed the book, and I didn't want nothing to do with Islam. Yeah, so that book was creating a negative image yes. of Islam, yes. and then when you yeah. straight away, so this is the, is this the second triggering moment you saw? The first one was that friend's yeah. house, yeah. and then this was the second in yeah. moment, like second contact with Islam, yeah. like the religion in this book. Yeah, trying the, to make the, you look. The third like, contact was a friend of mine, my best friend Paul Brandt. He had a brother who was a Muslim, yeah. and he went to his house for a meal one day, and he gave me a, um, a Quran, um, English translation, I think it was Yusuf Ali, yeah. and um, I took it, I went home, and I looked at the chapters, and it had the second one with the cow, spiders, the ants, and the various um, topics that I thought seemed like idolatry, yeah. like what the Hindus have, you know, these many gods. Yeah. It wasn't like the Bible, because I'm looking for something that's similar to the Bible. Yeah. So when I saw the Quran and these chapters, the cow, I thought straight away, these people are worshipping a cow. Yeah. And the ants, and yeah. the spiders. The Suras, those the names of those chapters titled. Yeah, yeah. these. Yeah. Or, or I, there were no names like the Bible. We have Genesis and Exodus. Leviticus and Deuteronomy and the Psalms, you know, it, it was more of a. I couldn't relate. 
So there's nothing familiar like to you, what you were like searching for, like similar, you're looking for similarities. I I, I straight away, these people are, you know, definitely idolaters, like like the Sikhs and the Hindus and... You're thinking because of the animals, because they worship animals, and when you saw the names of the animals of the, the chapters, yeah, the cow, of the chapter, the cow, the bee, the spider, the yeah, anchor boot, yeah, and then straight away, so you made a mental link and association with, yeah, oh, that's another Eastern, like an Eastern kind of thing. Yes, yeah. so I, I. So that was the third contact. Your, the third, yeah, third and your contact. friend, your friends and brother was a Muslim. He converted to Islam. So yeah. that's the third contact. Yeah. So also so far the first the first the first triggering moment you thought you kind of thought that's funny <laughs> the toilet washing the toilet mm-hmm. and you forgot then the second one was that book negative image yeah and then this is the third one now yeah. when you saw you linked it with this so and then so is there another one that's got to be I, another triggering moment <laughs> it, it, it was um it, it, we for some reason we went to Central Mosque in London Regent's Park Regent's Park Mosque yeah. he took me there. So she come and visit. I went with him, and he took me on a um a tour around the masjid. We went everywhere, and he showed me the wudu area. That, as Muslims, before we pray, we had to make certain ritual, wash, and I thought this makes sense. It's it's practical, because I could relate that to the Bible mm-hmm. that the the people before they worship they wash. Sure. And as a Christian, we never wash. So I said, this is, I could relate to that. Yeah. The second part thing I could do, when I went to the mosque, I saw all the men with beards. And I said, all the men in the religion, Moses and they all carry beard. So yeah. I could see the brothers in the mosque, they carry their beards. And the woman, the way they dress, it was very um, dignified. It was very, um, what do you call it? Um, um, it, it wasn't like how the secular people dressed it 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 causes respect it was very respectful and dignified the way the women covered themselves and i could relate that to the bible Mm -hmm. mary and when they draw the pictures of the eastern women they always wear long dresses and they cover their, their hairs and things like that so I could relate to that. So that's the first time you actually made a, like a similarity connection. Uh, yes, that was the yeah. first. So it wasn't the Quran, really. It was the people. It was the people, yeah. The I could relate to yeah, and the also people who I saw in the mosque. Um, then after that, we had my friend visited me at my home. Yeah. He came and he did a, a study with my... I got all my Christian friends, my wife and everybody... To come and listen to him. Yeah. He's coming to give us a little reminder. And he came and he had a projector and he, he, he covered the story of Abraham, the controversy between Abraham, Ishmael, and Isaac, those two sons. Yeah. There's a controversy in the Bible about yeah. these two boys. Who's the rightful heir and is 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 was Aga his real wife or was she just a concubine? A bit yeah. on the side, yeah. uh, so on and so forth. And he gave a very beautiful reminder about the two sons. And he showed the conspiracy to phase Ishmael out of the picture, to really put him as a footnote, and Isaac as the main son. Sure. 
I could see what he was coming with. I could saw from the Bible yeah. that it was accurate. And when it came to question time, I didn't have any question to ask him because it, it, was, it made sense. Yeah, he was convinced by you. By well, the, everybody yeah. in there was questioning him, you're wrong. Yeah. Um, it's not like that. And my wife said to me, you're not asking any questions. I said, no, because it makes sense. It, it was, it, it's true what you said. Yeah. I could relate to it. Uh, so was that, was, your curiosity was hyphened. Was that, that means your curiosity naturally was even more hyphened now because sometimes when you get convincing evidence of something, it makes you even more like hyphen, in it? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, as a, from a boy, I've been in the Bible in Jamaica. We didn't have WhatsApp and yeah. TV and all this distraction. As a boy growing up in Jamaica, it was the Bible. The Bible was our only book. It's, it's got philosophy. It's got stories. It's got history. It's, it's got epic. It's a, it's a complete um, way of life. Bani Israel, the children of Israel, Dawood. So it's a beautiful book. And... Um, so I know the Bible yeah. by heart. Mm-hmm. I've won many... Um, we studied it, yeah. Yeah, we, that's the only thing we had in Jamaica yes, where we had to learn and study. It was our, our, our thought. Yeah. The, the Ten Commandments, how to live, you know? So when, when he, when he um, did that study on Abraham, and Isaac and Ishmael, you know, it, it clarify certain things that you you knew because you yeah. already studied that, and you so you saw yeah. the arguments for what the cases where he's making. Yeah, that. I saw the conspiracy yeah. that there was a conspiracy against Ishmael in the Bible. So. It was very clear, very obvious, and he presented that. Yeah. So that was the second positive, the mosque, and, and this, then this this one, yeah. yeah. So. Then I came to Sheffield. I moved from London and I came to Sheffield. For change? For my, my brother, he studied in Sheffield yeah. at the uni, him and his wife. And after they finished their studies, they decided to settle in Norton. And they bought a lovely house in the countryside. And as Adventists, we believe that the, the countryside is, is, is best for your children, for your family. You know, to give them a good ground and good start. And um, I told my wife to go and see if you like, I'll come. She came up here one weekend and she she went around looking for somewhere with my brothers and my his wife. And they found somewhere. She came back and she said they find somewhere overlooking Norfolk Park. Beautiful house. And we moved up. And it took me one year to decorate the house. And, you know, um, in the time I had time to read. Yes. I had some books. Uh, it's quiet, and I was reading about Islam. I started to really look into Islam deeply. I was still going to church, but um, I I could see that many things about Jesus. Jesus was it was was the main stumbling block to me accepting Islam. Sure. Who is this man? Is he God? Is he the Son of God? And for one year, me and my wife, we went through the, old, the New Testament looking at who Jesus really is. Is he God? Is he son of God? Is he, who is this man? And um, there was a lot of loose end. There was a lot of, you know, it wasn't clear 
he went to the pastor and he would say, there are certain things you won't understand now, but when you get to heaven, you'll understand them. Yes. So I said, okay. So I continued going to church, but my heart, I wasn't happy. I was not satisfied that um, the, the, the Christian thing was the right thing as, as a mature man, as, as a man of... Um, so yeah. I continue and um, my wife, she, she met someone at work, a Somalian lady named Fatima. And she came to me and she said, oh, I met a Muslim lady at work. Would you like me to bring her home? So you can further, you know, your study. I said, yeah. She brought her the next day. And she brought me some books and some tapes and all sorts of material. And that was another turning point that helped me to clarify many things that I, I needed to know. Yes, so, this, so that the triggering, that was, so this is the third one now, because yeah. the three negative ones and the three positive ones. Yeah. <laughs> and she came, she brought some good books. Yeah, so those books helped you... Helped me to clarify... All the answers that you were... Who Jesus really is. Yeah. The book she brought about Amidida and videos, and I watched it and yeah. studied it and looked at it. Um, and it clarified... The questions that you had in mind. Yeah, he, yeah. he did answer those questions. He was a prophet, was he a godson? Was, was he a prophet, was he a yeah. god, was he son of god, who is he, you know? Yeah. And he cleared that up for me. Because Ahmed Dida, may Allah have mercy, he was a speciality, innit? He, he, he liked Christianity and Islam, innit? Yeah, he, he, he knows studied. how to dissect yeah. the, 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 the Christian argument, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's his speciality, innit? That was his speciality, innit? Yeah, that was his, um, Allah, have mercy, you know. Um, yeah, he, so that was it, and, um... So is that when you officially became, you took the Shahada then, or... I, was that the, I, I, or that was towards it anyway, that was a major I, step towards it. Yeah, I, I was, I was convinced now. Yeah. I had no more doubt. So now you just had to make a decision. Yeah, I had no doubt. Yeah, no, that's anymore good. Yeah. That, um, I, Islam is for me. Yeah, sir. So I told my wife, I said to her, listen, I mean, I've decided I don't want to be a Christian anymore. Yeah. I want to be a Muslim. Big decision. <laughs> yeah. said, she said to me, please, don't become a Muslim. Let's take another year out. I said, no. I said, let me be a Muslim and I'll still continue studying with you. She said, no. She said, don't take, become a Muslim. Let's study for one more year. I said to her, I've studied enough. I've had enough time yeah. to study. I want to be a Muslim. She, she begged me not to. She said, please. And she started to cry. And she cried and she cried. Because her, I, I don't know what was her. She She's a good woman. Mm. She was very, um, you know, sincere. I love her dearly and she loved me dearly. Um, so, you know, she said to me, go and see my mother in London and tell my mother that you're a Muslim. Yeah. yeah. So so the day before I went to London, after I took my shahada, she 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 begged me. She was crying and really screaming not to become a Muslim. So I said, no, I have to. And I went to the mosque, took a shower. Yeah. A brother named Brother No from Somalia. He's not in London. He came and he took me to the Islamic Center, and I be a witness. And that was the best day of my life. It's like I was, it was like 
um, a release, a relief from confusion and the madness of uncertainty, of doubt, frustration. It's like I know who I am now. It's not, yeah, negative, all that negative emotion that was yeah, circling I, inside you because you like you have doubt in, like you say, your best, and that's a big decision as well, yeah. isn't it? I, I I knew now that there's one God, you know. I believe there's only one God. So the Tawheed was the essence of my. I put everything on that. Yeah, to hate to believe in the one for one. Yeah, I, I came to the conclusion that all the prophets in the Bible, they all bear witness that God is one. Yeah. So I said to myself, I'm going with them. You know? Yeah. <laughs> if you're going <laughs> down, I'm going down with them. I'm going yeah. down with these people, Moses and Abraham and Jesus. So I was very happy, Mashallah. very confident. You did your research as well. It's not like you, you made the fleeting decision. It was like a long process, a journey. Maybe, maybe five years. That's what I'm saying, yeah, like five years of thinking about something. Yeah. thinking about it, of living a double life. Yeah. <laughs> going to church, sitting there, listening to the pastor, preaching and feeling unhappy, just pretending yeah. that I'm still with these guys. Yeah. <laughs> My heart it's hard, was, isn't it? Yeah. My heart was far away. Conflict is like a conflict between your heart and mind. It's always a negative yeah. uh, emotion. Like it's a negative, horrible feeling isn't it, when yeah. you have a conflict. Like a mini civil war. Isn't it? Yeah. So I used to go to the church, <laughs> yeah. go home, go, go home. So one day my wife said to me, go and visit her mother and tell her that you're a Muslim now. Yeah. And... Um, so she didn't. She don't hear from other people through the grapevine. Go and tell her straight, straight, out of respect. So I drove down to London, and um, she lived in Ballon. And as I knocked the door in the evening, she was going to work. She's a nurse, and she said to me, "She's happy to see me." She called me my son. Can I take her to work? So I said, "Sure, I'll take you to work." Um, and on the way to work, we're driving. I said, "Mom, I have something to tell you." But I don't know how to tell you. Shy, you know? Yeah. She says, go on. I said, no, I don't know how to tell you. Then I said to her, I don't know where I get decided. I said, what's the worst thing I can tell you? What's the most damning thing I could tell you that would, you know, make you very upset? She said, did I kill anyone? I said, no. She said, did you, have you got another woman? I said, no. She said, are you working witchcraft? I said, no. She said, are you in financial problem? I said, no. And we're driving. And she's thinking. And she said, those are the worst things that my son could do. Anything else is not really a problem. So I was a bit happy. So, yes, <laughs> relief. <laughs> a bit relief. Yes. It's not an issue to her. Yeah. But I know it would be. Deep. <laughs> I know deep. Once you say yeah. yeah. So she said, what is it? What have you done? So we're driving. So I said, I'm a Muslim. And she never said nothing. So I'm driving and I'm looking at the corner of my eyes at her reaction. She never said nothing to me. But I could tell from her ex expression. Body language. She yeah. was sweating. There was yeah. sweat coming down her cheek. Cold sweat. Yeah. And her lips became dry. White and dry. And when we reached the hospital, she stopped. We came out. She came out of the car. And she looked at me and she said, it's worse than those things I've just said to you. She said it's worse than what I've said to you. And don't give it to my daughter and my two grandchildren. And she slammed the door 
And that was it. So I came back to Sheffield and I told my wife. And she said, as from today, I'm not your wife anymore. Because you've taken a religion that allows a man to have more than one wife. And that's not the true religion. Any religion that accommodates for a man to have more than one wife is not the religion of God. Yeah. Even though the Bible is full of men having more than one. But um, she said that wasn't God's way. And that was it. I was with her for two years, maybe more. And the final thing was, one day I was at home, and she came with a copt from London. She came with what? A copt, Egyptian copt. Yeah. And he had um, a big cross. You know cross? Yeah, yeah. A big cross. stick. Yeah. And I was upstairs in, in, in my room, and I heard them downstairs. They didn't know I was at home. And I heard him saying to her, don't worry, leave him to me. I will return him back to Christianity. Yeah. Don't worry. And he was walking up and down with his cross, reading the Bible and praying, but it was in Arabic. Mm. And I tiptoed downstairs. And when they saw me, they were both shocked because they thought I'd gone. And she said to me, did you hear? And I said, yeah. And um, yeah. I heard she was... She was trying to get him to bring it back to Christianity. Yeah. Um, I don't know by praying. I don't know what they were doing. Praying to Jesus. To she was hoping and praying that you return back, back to change your mind again. Yeah. And um, I said to him, "You know, do you know?" He said to me, "I used to be a Muslim." He used to be a Muslim. Okay. He said, "I'm from Egypt. I used to be a Muslim, but I'm now a Christian." I said, "I you." So I said to him, repeat, okay, if you were a Muslim, say Al-Fatiha for me. And he repeated it. And I said, okay, say Kulwullahad, Iklas, and he repeated it. So, not knowing that a lot of those Egyptians, they, they can memorize and recite these surahs, you know? Yeah, because it's a language easy for them, yeah, it's in yeah. the language. But I don't know if he was really lying or telling the truth. So we talked for a long time about Christianity and Islam. And then I said, I'm going to the mosque to pray. And he said, he has to go because the, the, the brothers, they will come here, they'll beat him up. You, if they find out that a cop, yeah, cop yeah. come to my house to make some fitness. You know? Yeah. So. When I returned back, he, he had gone. So that was my early journey. So after that, and then, so you moved the missus, you were together two years, hoping maybe she would change her mind. And she's hoping you change your mind. Uh, she, she was willing to continue the marriage as long as I give up Islam. Yeah. And we had counsel. Her, her pastors, her yeah. priests, they used to come and give us counsel. Yeah. And they used to tell her not to worry, not to break up the marriage, not to end the relationship. He's a Muslim. He's got a choice. Pray for him that he will return. But she will not accept that. So I went to, to Saudi. I went to Umrah to find out what to do. Asked one of the brothers there, one of the learned brothers. They said, you have children? I said, yeah, I've got two boys. They said, go back and stay with her. So I came back and I tried to continue. She Make didn't want to yeah. She said, no, I marry a Christian. I want a Christian husband. And that was it. So I left. Yeah. I shouldn't have left, but I, I was immature, I was silly. 
كروبوت ولا فوليتو بوي ليش لفستي بس تقدر فلان يا انا سو يو تراي فور اب 2 ييرز اتس لونج تايم شو تراي تو What about and I was going to ask you that question, your family reaction. So that was like obviously the media. What about your parents and your brothers and other family? How did they react to when you? My came? mother, she knows what kind of person she gave birth to me. Yeah, she was the one who grounded me in religion. So, yeah, she's a woman she, of faith. She's never asked me, son, why did you become Muslim? Okay, she's never seen. My mother has never been one who. She's always in Jamaica encouraged us to go and listen to different. sermons visit different churches go because she knows she done a good job so she didn't have no fear of us going out and listening yeah she firmly she she believes she grounded you firmly to be able to stand up on your own on my own and feel like yeah none of my family has ever they've never come to me and very very i don't believe no none of them has ever asked me really sit down and say to me abdullah why Why you become a Muslim? Yeah. So yeah. They so so really you never got a negative reaction from them except obviously the missus at, at that time obviously that was understandable because she's the close person to you, isn't it? I I I believe, I, be, I believe they deep down they would want to ask, but it was yes, maybe they shied too, away from it. <laughs> too sensitive, too painful. Yeah. Too hurtful. So, so. Maybe fear. Yeah. They never got round to it to ask me why. Yeah, that it does take courage to ask why. Yes. <laughs> so really, so also like you said, maybe they they don't want they rather if you have you you have a good relationship with the minute, so maybe they're thinking if you if they ask you why, maybe it will spoil your maybe relationship that could be one possible as well, isn't it? Because sometimes you don't ask difficult questions. Like you say it takes courage to ask difficult questions, but if you think it's gonna affect your relationship, then they may be shy. I mean. My mom, I invite her to conference and she come. I bring Muslim men, two Muslim men, to tell her about Islam and she welcome them. Yeah. My family is not cold to other people's faith. Yeah. And I'm likewise if a, if a Jehovah's Witness knock my door, I invite him. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I, because you believe you're firmly grounded in what you to five years of researching. Like yeah. I'm saying, that's like firm shows you a strong already. Yeah, I know what I believe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then, so when you were researching, five years is like a PhD or more. Isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you I, could have done PhD on it. Yeah. I think you know. <laughs> I, I know what I believe. Yeah, I, I have my firm. Yeah, firm person. I, I can stand up. Yeah, what I believe in. So you know, like that's the other thing as well. It's like you know, um, obviously your environment and your upbringing, like has a strong. Um, impact in it, and also like you say, family pressures. Like even though your mother-in-law, mm-hmm. you know, like she, 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 she f- obviously her reaction to it, saying don't with my with my daughter. You get that. That's what I'm saying. That's what a lot of people sometimes that kind of thing can stop you in it, knowing that there's that consequences of. I mean, the becoming a Muslim. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't have no. No, no kind of. I didn't question. Yeah. The effect it's going to have on people. Yeah, because you were strong on your. It wasn't have. It didn't have nothing to do with people. It was me. Yeah. I was thinking about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I became very single-minded. Yeah. This was good for me. Sure. And um, sometimes I I wonder if I could have gone about it another way, but I hide it from my wife. 
and secretly become a Muslim. Yeah. And don't let her know until slowly do it. But yeah. I wasn't as wise as that. Yeah, yeah. Because you learn from experience, isn't it? Maybe yeah. like you say, when you look back, you could have maybe there was another strategy yeah. or tactic you could have used in terms of like you said, maybe and slowly sweet talking them in terms of like t- for them to gradually yeah. to give so sometimes he's told people like big show even like when you look at um, the dean he came in like over a space of 23 years yeah. 20 you know like yeah. it's like the yeah. where like alcohol was not banned till yeah. down the road but if we were in the alcohol that day <laughs> yeah, yeah co- correct 100% yeah. I mean I wish I was wise then yeah. more wise than experience like uh, yeah now. i mean i could because this is why i went to saudi to find out what to do i mean i'm in the situation where we have two uh, a beautiful home it was my dream home yeah overlooking a park yeah you know we had money in the bank we had the jobs i i was very comfortable and that was the last thing i want to come and break this up yeah but you you but then you said you listen to your heart because yeah. Something this this is that that's why I wanted to do that, that decision making that thought process because five years of thinking about something is a it's like a long time it takes its toll as well like what you said where when you finally made that decision. I mean, it was a the house we bought. Yeah, we sold a house in London. We came up here and we bought this house cash. Yeah, and the reason the lady sold the house was because her husband had died mm. and the house need maintaining. She couldn't. It was falling apart. Yeah, you need. Central heating, you need rewiring, you need new guttering, new windows. Yeah. But it was a beautiful house overlooking the park. So I spent one year decorating it. Yeah. used to come from London in the cold, strip the wallpaper, strip the skirting board, and it became my dream home. Yeah. And then suddenly I became, after settling in, I became a Muslim and I have to leave it. Yeah. So and I, I thought about it. Subhanallah, I said, Imagine I spent all that time building up my home and then just walking away from it. And um, I looked back and I said, wow, I mean, this was a test for me. Yeah, it was a test in the year. I have to sometimes... Cause there's a price, they say. You have a price to pay. In it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and also, you know, that's the other thing as well. It's like, you know, because that's the test, isn't it? Because yeah. the test is you always have to... You, there's some sort of a, like a sacrifice you pay and... And it's like they say, think about what you want and then ask yourself, what price are you willing to pay? And then go and pay that price. <laughs> because yeah, I mean, it's like a sac- you have to pay. You have to sacrifice. Yeah. So looking back now, I, I would do it again. Yeah. For what I have. Yeah, mashallah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You've, you've got, and that's the other thing as well is, you know, when you leave something, when you leave something for Allah, say, yeah. Allah always replaces it with yeah. something yeah. better. Yeah. But at that moment, when you're making a decision, yeah. the human nature is we like immediate, like you, this immediate, like now you said all the time you build to buy the house and all the years before that to make, to raise the money to buy the house and then to fix it and then the wakti, that the time that's going into building the house and then suddenly you just have to leave it all. <laughs> yeah, for I, your I, faith. I, I used to go to the second hand shop in Abudale Road and buy all these old furnitures, antique. Yeah. Just to sandpaper them down and repolish them. So my house was all antique. Yeah. And I walked away from yeah. all that. Yeah. Allah replaced it. But like you said, you yeah. do it again because you, you got faith in it. Yes, I, I, I found something that was very um, precious to me. Mm. It, it was um, 
you know, my life. Yeah. And your internal as well, your internal life. Because, like you say, fake. That's what I'm saying. When I ask people, what's the biggest behavior change you've ever made? Mm -hmm. People sometimes say, you know, getting married and starting a business or quitting smoking or even like myself leaving behind the wrong friends. Obviously, that was a big decision. So so it could be something like that that has a triggering moment. But like changing... Your your faith is like in the, the biggest one, really. This, you know? this was, the, I mean, the I biggest remember one. before I even became a Muslim, I chose the name Abdullah. Yeah, I was gonna ask you why did you choose Abdullah? Because yeah. I I read. Yeah. I, I was looking at all the names about a Muslim name, and Abdullah was the best name. Yeah. And I also Muhammad. I, I said I want. I read about the life story of Muhammad, and I Allah said I want name, this yeah. man's name as well. I want Abdullah Muhammad. And my wife was saying, why don't you choose an African name? Why do you choose an Arab name? And um, there, there was a certain dislike for the Afrocentric. My wife, my ex-wife, she had maybe some Afrocentric sentiments. Is she like African? Like uh, she for Africans or? Yeah, you know. She's like, like an African proper like she's in. in yeah, a, choose an African name. Yeah. Rather than an Arab Arabic yeah. name, you know. So she's inclined like. Hardcore African, as we say, like yeah, Mandinka, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I said, no, I like the meaning of the name Abdullah, yeah, because my name before mean king royal, yeah. Before your name before was Leroy, 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 yeah, king, king, yeah. So Leroy actually means king, yeah, yeah. And then Abdullah means slave, servant. So I said, I'm not a king. I want servant of God, yeah, yeah. I, want, I, I I feel comfortable with that name. Be servant of Allah. Yeah. slave of Allah, you know. Yeah. And Muhammad, I've said I want this name because he's the best human being. Yeah. He, he, he's very, um, he's, he, I read about him and I said I want his name. And his character attributes him. Yeah, so I, I chose Abdullah Muhammad. Yeah. My, my also turning point was in, in my journey, my mother never circumcised me. Yeah. As Christian, some do, some don't. Yeah. So it's part of the Islamic etiquette yeah. to be circumcised. Yeah. So as a man, you know, you know, I find out that you don't have to. Yeah. After a certain age, but then I wanted to. Yeah. I want to fully be follow Abraham. Yeah. Um, you know, covenant, and I went and I got circumcised in my home. Two of us brothers, we did it. Alhamdulillah. Um, so, then my next journey was to do, go to Hajj. I had the money. I I was Muslim not not even three months. Inshallah, then you did Hajj. I said I've got the money. I'm going to Hajj. Yeah, <laughs> no missing a bag. <laughs> that was another journey. That was another stepping stone. I mean, yeah. going into the Muslim world. Yeah. Only now Al Fatihah and Kulwala. <laughs> Good for Hajj. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could write a book about the experience. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing, you know. So, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. All praise and thanks to you to Allah, guys. And that's it for this week's episode. Inshallah, we will continue with our conversation and amazing discussion with our brother Abdullah in next week's episode for part two. Inshallah, and as you can see, the habits of the heart, the habits of the mind, the habits of the soul, and the habits of the body do really matter because they shape our existence and our future in this life and the year after. So, inshallah, 
until the next episode take care and i wish you success in this life and the hereafter and i ask allah to give us all ربناتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار الله give us good in this life and day after and safeguard us from the punishment of the hellfire السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته